0: This is Stephen Strang and welcome to my new podcast called God and Cancel Culture. It goes along with my new book by the same name that will release September 7th. I just finished the book last week. We're now in the editing process. And in the process of doing the book, I had quite a number of interviews, in fact, 22 if I remember correctly. They've already run on the Strang Report. And I decided to call attention to the new book by also creating this podcast to run these interviews again. I think they're that important. And I knew that I would be reaching a new audience. I'm also going to be doing podcasts like this where I just share about the book. And this very first one, I want to give you an overview of what to expect. This is my fifth major book to write in the last five years and I believe it's the most important. God and Cancer Culture presents both an in-depth but also a far-reaching analysis of this increasing trend. It's a trend that 64% of Americans believe is a threat to our freedom. You know, I've been a journalist for many years. I'm a lifelong follower of Christ, and I try to use the gifts that God has given me to Explain what is going on and also to encourage the readers to stand up for our principles and to refuse to accept standards of the increasingly woke world. In fact, the subtitle for the book is Stand Strong Before It's Too Late. I try to alert the reader to the often hidden but very real dangers of communism and how our society is unwittingly ceding cultural and political territory to the socialist regimes. The book is filled with true-life stories of how cancel culture impinges on our God-given rights and threatens the very foundations of life and faith. The book reveals the multiplying arenas upon which cancel culture has encroached. And I also interview some of the warriors who are fighting back, how the church is responding in evidence of a coming revival that many see arising in the midst of this present darkness. The book will inform you of the truth behind the secular news stories and equip you to take back the future with the confidence that comes from faith in God who works all things together for our good. I'm going to just run through the chapters to give you an overview of what this book is, and then in future podcasts, you'll hear some of the actual interviews that I do I'll even be creating some panels in which I get some of these experts together, probably on Zoom calls. We'll use the video, of course, on our website, and we'll use it as a podcast. In some of the podcasts, I'll actually read some of the chapters and maybe opine as I go along to give you a taste of what the book will be like. So, for example, the first chapter is called When Will You Be Cancelled? It moves from a story of how my own company has experienced this, how my own books about Donald Trump, they weren't really canceled, but Amazon sold thousands of copies and then suddenly they went to zero copies for four or five months until after the election. And then they had a fairly large order to fulfill the orders that had come in where they told people that the book wasn't available. You had to get it from a third party or a used book seller, if you can believe that or not. So my book was not literally canceled, but it was kind of like slow walked. I mean, it's just amazing what happens. I tell these stories that these tech giants will sometimes cancel a book and then they'll issue new guidelines on hate speech and they won't say they canceled the book because of hate speech, they leave you to connect the dots, and it, it makes everyone intimidated, like, gee, I'm going to say something that's going to get me canceled. There becomes a, a certain kind of self-censorship that is really very, very dangerous. Also, I talk about how even Dr. Seuss was canceled. Laura Ingel Wilder, who wrote Little House on the Prairie all those years ago, was canceled. There was a secular, very liberal writer named Abigail Schreier, who wrote a book about the dangers of all this transgenderism, especially with teenage girls deciding they want to be boys, and she was canceled. And the things she said were really eye-opening. I even go back in history and talk about Anita Bryant, who at one time was a very, very popular singer. She was the spokesperson for the Florida citrus industry. She sang a little song about the the Florida sunshine tree and the importance of drinking orange juice. Of course, I live in Florida, and I remember this back in the 70s. And then when she stood up at the city council in Miami where she lives or lived at the time, it was one of the very first city councils to pass some ordinances that protected gay lifestyle and some of the issues that they had that they wanted protected. She started an organization called Save Our Children with the idea that if we make these part of public policy, that it's actually going to damage our children. She was trashed. Her career was ruined. She lost her marriage. She's had a career since then, but it's been very, very minor. And I just remember being so shocked about this. I was a young journalist at the time. I remember it being in the news. And I I talk about that in in this uh, chapter. Chapter two is called Cancel Culture and the Public Square. It delves further in the ways that cancel culture has attacked those who believe and hold beliefs different from those it considers normative, pointing to my pillow's Mike Lindell, who gives specific examples of the way that he, his company, and his employees bore the brunt of the vicious attacks on his character, largely because of assistance on election integrity. It also shows how credit card processing companies can willfully cancel clients and how Christian-affiliated business are perennial targets of the left. I include in this chapter how a discussion with Seth Dillon of the Babylon Bee, which is this satirical website who actually pokes fun at both sides, but they kind of do it from a a center or right-of-center worldview. He shares some humorous but biting stories of how cancel culture attacked his site, without seeming to understand the idea of satire. I remember one story where they said that CNN got a huge washing machine so they could spin the news before they broadcast it, and Snopes, the you know who checks out if this is fake news, said that was fake news because CNN had no washing machine. Well, of course they didn't. It was satire. And actually some rules were changed because they they went to other media and so many people made fun of them that they backed down a little bit. Chapter three, controlling people through COVID. This is an eye-opening chapter which reveals how the COVID-19 pandemic became a political bludgeon early on and moved to much, much more There's information from Dr. Stella Emanuel of America's Frontline Doctors, who I actually interviewed in a podcast. It tells about key elements that she shares that are medical truth behind hydroxychloroquine and the prevention and treatment of COVID and how big tech and big pharma did everything they could to prevent this information from reaching the public. She also shares the faith behind her boldness of speaking the truth regardless of cancellation, pointing to God's redemptive powers and prophetically calling the church to stand against opposing forces. Chapter four is how culture is canceling Christianity. Here, the book takes an in-depth look at cancel culture across the globe. Mike Bickle of the International House of Prayer in Kansas City shares a story that he knows about how even the real estate Uh, profession is wanting to cancel people who won't sign something that says basically they'll they agree with all of the woke doctrines. It includes prophetic insights from philosopher Francis Schaeffer who goes as far back as the 1970s in his very famous video series called How Then Shall We Live. He made predictions back then that are becoming true he said how elites were attempting to control what we do and say. Then we quote a modern-day prophet named John Burton who urges believers against the blind acceptance of the restrictions of cancel culture, echoing Schaeffer's words. Chapter 5 is entitled, It's Not Just Cancel Culture, It's Communism. This chapter paints an even grimmer picture of cancel culture, with specific explanations of how communism has had its hand in much of of what we're experiencing today. Eric Metaxas, the famous uh, broadcaster and commentator and author, and also a New Zealander who now is a Floridian named Trevor Loudon, they share their passionate anti-communist sentiments along with clear evidence of Marxism's growing influence, which Americans seem to affirm via passive acceptance. Then I interview activist pastors like Rob McCoy and Chris Reed, and they share their thoughts on this godless force. And my friend Ken Fish, who I did a podcast with, reminds us that political freedom arises from economic freedom. Chapter six is called Civil Warriors. This chapter takes a turn toward hope in overcoming cancel culture, citing words from Rick Joyner about what he believes is a coming civil war while making a strong stand against violence. It includes information about the assault on the Capitol in early January, pointing out that the left's hypocrisy in condemning the January 6th violence, but affirming the various riots of recent months. Chapter 7 is called The Political Battlefield. It examines the political arena in depth, including the COVID-initiated escalation in government restrictions on churches, Pastor Rob McCoy of Godspeak Calvary Chapel, Thousand Oaks, California, shares about what happened when he and his church stood for freedom and how the church must move away from its fear of political activism if we are to take back our nation. Pastor Bill Johnson shares how Bethel Church in Redding, California, navigated restrictions, and Trevor Loudon, again, calls believers to fight back with our politics and our pocketbooks. Chapter 8 is called Persecution in America. This chapter asks the question if believers have prayed ourselves into the present persecution by praying for revival and whether this is part of God's plan. Mike Bickle explains how the spread of the evil is both real and biblical. Presidential advisor Doug Weed agrees, saying that things will only get worse. And former political prisoner Andrew Brunson, who was imprisoned as a missionary in Turkey, and then released when President Trump intervened, he urges the church to prepare for difficult times. By pressing into God, the chapter ends with a call for courage and love to prevail as believers fight to preserve their freedoms. Chapter 9 is called Being the Church in the Face of All This Mess. The chapter highlights the different facets of church ministry, amidst an increasingly hostile culture, standing for rights, a pastor in California named Rick Farrington, who I also interviewed on a podcast. He talks about truth. Bill Johnson talks about compassion. Convoy of Hope and the Dream Centers, they talk about a call for churches and pastors to stand for kingdom, truth, and values, and showing the love of Jesus to the most needy among us. Chapter 10 is called Hurricanes of Revival. Mario Murillo, my longtime friend who has been powerfully used of God, talks about how a hurricane develops when there's a vacuum and the other air rushes in and rushes in faster and faster until it's a hurricane. And he's saying that there's a vacuum of truth in our culture, and that the Holy Spirit of God is going to come rushing in, and there's going to be hurricanes of revival. There's other people like R.T. Kendall, who speaks out, and Chris Reed, who's an outstanding young pastor, who talk about the need for repentance. And there's other voices like Sean Foyt and Cheyenne, who share their thoughts on revival and how they believe that it will come about and how the church can hasten the awakening of prayer and activism in various realms. Hopefully, this gives you an overview of the entire book. Of course, there's much more. There's an epilogue that I'm, I'm still in the process of writing on some of the things of that things are happening so much, and I'm coming up with new ideas and new points I want to make that I'm going to put that in an epilogue so the book is as up-to-date as possible, although it is not a news account. The principles in the book, there is bigger principles. I'm trying to show how some of this has happened historically, both in communist countries and even in our own culture, going back to the 70s. I'm honored to have Mike Lindell, who's been canceled really as much as almost anyone except maybe Donald Trump. He wrote the forward for the book, and in another podcast, I will share his forward. I think is very articulate, and you'll find it very interesting. I hope this makes you want to read the book, you can order it in advance from Amazon.com. You put in either My Name, Stephen Strang, or you put in Guide and Cancer Culture, it'll pop up. You can pre-order the book. They won't charge your credit card until the book is shipped September 7th, and then, of course, they ship you the book. It actually helps us if you do this. It creates an early momentum. In fact, Amazon is one of the biggest sellers of a book like this, and they Decide how many books are going to order based on how many pre-orders have come in. In fact, I'll be interested after this podcast airs to see how many orders have come in. If you believe in this, if you follow my career and what we do here at Charisma Media, if you've read my other books, you can show support by going on Amazon and pre-ordering the book as I did. And some of my friends have done. And now I'm asking you to help us as well. It really will help. And I think that you'll enjoy the book. You'll get it when it comes out. You don't have to go to a bookstore. It's delivered to your home, of course. There'll be other ways to order the book. But right now, four months before it comes out, that's the best way. And also, I hope that you'll tune in to my podcast. We're intending to do it three days a week. As I said, I'll be reading first my Lindell's forward, and then I'll be reading some of the chapters and commenting. We'll be doing some panels. I'm going to get some of these people in panels. We'll do it as a Zoom call. We'll put it the video on our website. We'll use it in various ways, and we'll record it, of course, and use it as podcast. I think you'll enjoy it. I think I give a lot of answers. I'd be interested in your feedback if you want to write me at info at charismamedia.com. I'd be interested in what you have to say And also, I thank you for telling your friends about the book as well. We're trying to get word of mouth going. That's how books take off. We know the book will be successful, partly based on the track record we have with the previous books. I've written several books about Donald Trump. The first words of the book are, this book is not about Donald Trump. That may surprise you because I've written several books about Donald Trump. And then I talk about how this is about what's happening in America, what God is doing, about the various challenges that we face, very serious challenges, challenges to our free speech, challenges to our freedom of religion, challenges to our election process. I talk about election fraud and some of those things and how people are canceled for even saying that it should be investigated. It seems to me that if there's any examples of election fraud, The authorities ought to look into it to see if it's true or not. Maybe it's not true, but often it is. And if we don't have election integrity, life as we know it in America is over. It just really is. I think it's very, very important. I will say that tomorrow, from the day that I'm recording this, I'm doing another podcast with Mike Lindell. It'll be on The Strang Report. I'll also run it on this podcast as well. It'll probably already be on the network, of course, before you hear my commentary about this. But I just thought I would mention it. I'm thinking about it. I'm excited about it. I'm preparing for it. So you won't want to miss that. Mike Lindell is always entertaining. It's just amazing all the things that he's accomplished, how he uses his platform for good. Someone said that he's almost like a force of nature. He's so strong. And I think that's kind of a humorous way to look at it. But I I tend to agree. Thank you for listening to my podcast, the very first example of guide and cancel culture. Remember that we have to stand strong before it's too late. Thank you for listening. I'm Stephen Strang. God bless you.